1: Back to the Kennedy Dynasty podcast. I'm your host Allison, and joined again, of course, by my pal Ryan Pryor. And today's Hello. special because we are finishing up this four-part PT 109 series that I know you guys. I've gotten a lot of positive feedback about. You guys have really enjoyed it, and I appreciate that so much. So we're gonna finish it out, and obviously, we were left on a huge cliffhanger. Last Cro- crocodile,
0: as- what I like to call the crocodile cliffhanger.
1: Absolutely. And I know we've all read this story, but it's very interesting to hear it kind of come to life in an audio format instead of just a article. So I'm loving this.
0: And of course, there's the 1963 movie if you're looking for a a theatrical um, retelling. And then you could just also just close your eyes in bed and listen to the Jimmy Dean song over and over and over again.
1: That does it. Isn't it the Jimmy Dean? Uh, the Jimmy Dean frozen sausage balls are so good. Have they are
0: really those? good. I've had everything They're that Jimmy really Dean makes. So um,
1: good.
0: Yeah. That should be the title of the, of this podcast: Pure pork sausage crocodiles. I've had, crocodiles. Jimmy Dean makes. I've had oh. no pure pork sausage <laughs> crocodiles and John F. Kennedy.
1: Yeah.
0: So I left them on this cliffhanger last week, and then like we come in with this intro. So that I have to get them back in the scene. All right. Picture it. Sicily. No. No. And no, you
1: know what? Yes. And you know what? I'm going to play a little jingle right here to get back, set the mood. So here we go.
0: Plum Pudding Island, August 2nd, 1943. Crocodile and shark infested islands, waters. And John F. Kennedy has a man strapped to his back, pulling him in through the wake onto the beachhead. The name of the island was Plum Pudding Island, but the men called it Bird Island. This was due in large part to the amount of bird guano that covered all of the bushes.
1: It's really hard. <laughs> You've got to stop it. Now you're doing like a history <laughs> channel, like forensic files. It's
0: called Bird <laughs> Island. They called it Bird Island because there was a lot of bird crap on the, on the, I was really having a hard time to be serious there talking, about, li- talking about bushes that were covered in bird poo <laughs> But at the time, it was serious, all right? At the time, it was a big deal, okay? It was a big, huge deal. Instead of, so so, Kennedy is literally pulling this guy in his teeth. He pulls them all up. He gets all, all 11 of them are up on the beach, and they're, they're just exhausted, obviously. I'm tired after, like, four hours of doing minor chores. They have mm-hmm. just swam through shark and crocodile-infested waters and made their way, uh, uh, evaded Japanese attack, evaded the enemy. Uh, it's a war, right? Things are not, you know. Not safe. But instead of sleeping, John F. Kennedy instead swims miles away from Plum Pudding Island, out to the Ferguson Passage to look for passing American ships and also to just to make sure that the Japanese weren't around. On the way back, he almost dies. The the current and all the waves spin him into open water. And so he has to fight his way back, back to Plum Pudding Island. He actually stops off to sleep at a smaller island nearby. He's like, I gotta stop, I gotta sleep. So he sleeps at a smaller island by and then makes his way back to Bird Island. By August 4th, so we're now three days after the initial mission, so two full days, but three days after the initial mission, Kennedy and his men realize that Bird Island is not it. And so they make their way over to what's called Olasana Island. And they hope there that they will find more food, more water, and maybe, just maybe, some more coconuts. Coconuts, if you already know this story, play a big role. Later on, I don't know if the coconuts from Olasana are special or not, but unfortunately, when they get to Olasana Island, there is no fresh water. And I don't know if you know this, but you can't drink salt water. In fact, the reaction to drinking salt water is that you go insane. So I mean, like yeah, you can
1: dehydrate your whole body. Yes.
0: Yeah. So you can go to the beach, you just dry up. You can go to the beach, and you can, you know, you can get and not accidentally drink some salt water, or whatever. But if you are forced to drink salt water, to you will, you it will dehydrate you as quickly as regular water would hydrate you, and your brain literally just goes insane. You start losing your mind. So the next day, they have to leave Olasan Island. Now, remember, when I say leave, when I say move, when I say go, I don't mean that they're hopping in their 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 Skippy and they're motoring over. They are swimming. Miles miles in the hot sun. Meanwhile, there are sharks and crocodiles and all sorts of other oogity-boogities who are out there to get them. And, oh, by the way, the Japanese Navy, the Imperial Japanese Navy, is cruising around these waters. Now, you may not know much about the Second World War and the Japanese, but let me just tell you that the Japanese during the Second World War were not known for treating their prisoners very kindly. In fact, Japanese prison camps were some of the most brutal and sadistic, hellish places in the entire Second World War. If they are discovered, they are almost certainly going to be imprisoned and probably beaten and probably flogged and probably left without food and water. They are going to – they might very well die in prison. So they set off. When they set off, they're swimming off to the island of Nehru, which is close by. Now, luckily, as they're walking around, as they're getting on there, they have to make their way quick up in the woods because they're afraid of, of Japanese settlements. But as they're looking around, uh, they discover a hidden boat. But they also discover a Japanese vessel that has crashed out on the outer reef of the island. I left a pause in there just to think: Oh, is, there, is it? Is there? Are there Japanese in there? No, it was a <laughs> crash boat. As Kennedy and another man who, had, who was who was well enough, healthy enough to walk with him. They were they. They started to explore. They were they were wandering around looking for water, looking for coconuts, looking for other things. Right, and actually they come across a Japanese a box with Japanese lettering on it, and they open it up and inside they find canned water, so hurrah, and some Japanese candy. I couldn't confirm or deny what the Japanese candy was. I know the Japanese candy has a very particular following. I know people really love Japanese candy. I cannot tell you what kind of candy this was.
1: When we were in China, mm-hmm. we tried just about everything we could get our hands on, and we brought home a bunch. It's just the flavors are so different and so interesting. So yeah, I'm I, sure it I don't know what it was.
0: It, it might have been, might have been. It, I don't know, but I, I think cared to people who were starving and and dehydrated. Yeah, no, they didn't care. They didn't care.
1: That's honestly a great find when you're in that situation. Oh, for sure. <laughs> like I mean, the best of finds.
0: I mean, there's probably other things that you would rather have.
1: Well, yeah, but if you find right. some canned water and sure. Some candy. Sure, I mean,
0: sure. Some candy and some canned water. If only you could find some pure pork sausage. Um, mm-hmm.
1: Some Jimmy Dean sausage. Some Jimmy
0: Dean. Man, Jimmy Dean should pay you. Honestly. Jimmy There's Dean? no way
1: he's still alive. No, I mean. <laughs> the estate the, of Jimmy the, Dean. The, the, company the company of Jimmy
0: Dean. You know Jimmy Dean's the still CEO. a company.
1: Obviously. I just talked about their sausage balls I buy. But
0: I'm, <laughs> I'm talking about <laughs> that you should call contact the PR for Jimmy Dean and be like, yo, I just gave you free advertising.
1: That would be honest to God the weirdest sponsorship <laughs> I think that's possible.
0: But, hi, welcome back hey, to the Kennedy Jimmy Dynasty.
1: Jimmy Dean, <laughs> if you're listening to this, I'm here for it.
0: Call uh, me. Hey, J- hi, welcome back to the Kennedy Dynasty podcast. I'm your host, Allison, and as always, we're brought to you by Jimmy Dean sausage balls.
1: <laughs> <Sausages>.
0: <laughs> Put them in that's your mouth honestly. on Thanksgiving morning.
1: Honestly, that's what we make them for. Half the time, I pop them in the oven on Thanksgiving morning, eat them during the parade. Yep an american thanksgiving that's
0: that's a country that's actually a southern thanksgiving quite frankly yeah
1: it's a southern let's just, thanksgiving let's just
0: differentiate a little bit okay Well, you
1: have to eat the sausage balls for breakfast because you don't want to fill up no. because then you get have thanksgiving you need, and so, you need that good protein you need that right. good protein in your belly you just need a little something something and little, then you're good to go for the rest something. of the day yeah
0: so they discover candy not jimmy jean puerh park sausage as they're rounding the beachhead back to uh, to go see their to go see their men, they see two men out at this deserted Japanese vessel, and and JFK begins to wave, "Hello, hey, we're over here, we're stranded, everyone, please, hello, please, hello." And they scurry away. Which oh, imagine wow. how heartbreaking that would have been, by the way.
1: Yeah, super heartbreaking.
0: So JFK takes the candy and the water back to the the stranded men, and that night JFK is able to take the canoe that they had found in, out into the Ferguson Passage again, looking again for American ships. But remember, he wouldn't see... There's no American ship that's going to be going through there with their lights on. And PT boats are small and fast. So he decides to return to Olasana Island to just see if there's anybody there. And then he, find, he finds out that... And he meets the two natives that he had seen earlier and finds out that he had been... That they had contacted the other sailors that had uh, survived PT-109. Turns out these two guys, one's name was Binku Gasa and Ironi Kumana. And even better... It turns out that these two men are scouts for the Allies. So what he does is on August 6th, Kennedy— and So this is, again, now we're now five days. We're four days later. Kennedy goes back with the two men from Olasana. And so now he's got a plan. He's got these two guys who know how to get to an American outpost. They, and, they are, and they can go disguised because the Japanese don't mess with the natives. But he doesn't know how he's going to communicate because these guys don't speak English. And he doesn't speak their language. And he doesn't have any way to write things down. And he doesn't have a way to record anything. And so he's at a loss. How does he get these guys to be able to go and tell them where he is? Because they don't also know the island's names on the maps. And he, sort of, he sort of, he sort of, he doesn't know what he, he doesn't really know what he's going to do because there's no real way that he can get there. When Gasa comes up with a fantastic idea. Allison, do you know what idea he comes up with?
1: To carve on a coconut.
0: To carve on a coconut. Mm-hmm. Binko Gasa gets JFK a green coconut. A green coconut. You can't do it on the, on the brown ones. The green coconut has skin, right? And you can carve into it. And JFK carves the following message. Nauru-ISL, Narrow Island, commander, dot, dot, dot. Natives no position, dot, dot, dot. He can pilot, dot, dot, dot. Eleven alive, need small boat, dot, 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 Kennedy. That's the message. And off he sends these two guys just hoping that they will bring this coconut message to the nearest Allied outpost. And they do, because the next day, eight islanders arrived the following morning with a message from a Lieutenant Reginald Evans that he should come to his base and that they would figure out a plan to get the 11 sailors rescued. And so Kennedy hides underneath palm fronds in the natives' canoes, literally lays down underneath palm fronds and is spirited away to Gomu Island. And this is six days after the attack. And so they develop a plan. He and Lieutenant Evans involves bringing two PT boats, PT 171 and PT 157 to Gomu Island, and then to and then out to pick up the men who are at Nehru. But Kennedy, and again, in another show of bravery and incredible valor, says that he needs to go with them. They knew where to go. They could go get the guys themselves. Kennedy didn't have to go with them. But Kennedy wasn't going to let other men rescue his men. There's actually this little funny story that the whenever they were going out to meet the PT boats to, to for him to get on the boats from Gomu, that they had agreed that they would each boat would do four, four rifle or pistol shots to identify themselves. And Kennedy's pistol had run had only had three shots left in it. And so he fired his first three shots and then he had to borrow Lieutenant Evans's rifle for the for the fourth shot. And when he shot it, he didn't account for the recoil and the rifle knocked him off the boat. Into the water, which I thought was yeah, pretty I heard funny. That.
1: that was so funny. Bless him.
0: Bless him. And so these PT boats, as along with John, John Kennedy, crossed the back end of the Blackhead Strait and approached the sleeping crew. Meanwhile, Japanese patrol boats are everywhere, but by 5:30 a.m. on August the 8th, those men were back on the base at Rendova Island. And for his sheer amount of heroism, Kennedy was awarded the Navy and Marine Corps Medal and the Purple Heart. And again, literally, just—I mean—is heroic. But of course, Joe has other ideas. So he makes sure that the New York Times publishes like thirty different articles, all about how JFK was a hero and how he saved all of his men. They largely ignore the efforts of the other. The there were other the one. There was two other guys who helped. Who was who was also a part of the like who were actively working and swimming and doing things like Kennedy was. But they don't mention them. Joe, of course, wouldn't let that happen the after effects of the injuries that he suffers during this incident with PT109 would affect him for the rest of his life and would almost become debilitating leading to a, a later drug addiction um, a met a, a painkiller addiction um, of which there are a couple of stories that i uh, i think we should definitely talk about in future um
1: we should i've mentioned them vaguely in that health episode but yeah. yes i do want to talk more in depth about the stories of that and also i do want to highlight too i don't think i mean i'm sure he knew kind of what he was on, but there was no, nobody did opioid crisis or anything like that back then. So like, I truly think he was just continuing on as he knew how, I don't think it was like meant to be a, drug no. Addiction. just remember you know that I mean?
0: at the time doctors, I mean, people were being prescribed amphetamines, like basically watered That's down what he was meth, on. watered down he meth, what he was on, yeah. just, I mean, doctors were prescribing all sorts of
1: stuff. Exactly. So I don't think it was like a, a an intentional drug. If a addiction. doctor
0: prescribed yeah. it, it wasn't considered dangerous.
1: Right. Right. And I I want to note too, it's just amazing. I know that Joe Senior obviously put his spin on it to help with a later campaign and things like that, but I also do want to note and really focus on the heroism that he had and he deserved those medals because he conducted himself oh, in such for a sure. way that was not Joe, I mean it was yeah, far Joe, outside of what the average person Joe would Kennedy do. might took, have constructed
0: the narrative afterwards, but JFK deserved everything that every act that he Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. I mean, he truly cared about his men first and foremost before himself and anything and just keeping them alive. So I I think that's just so remarkable of a human being.
0: The last note that I have was that the coconut was brought back to Kennedy later on by Ernest W. Gibson, who was a soldier in Pacific Theater. And Kennedy had that coconut preserved in glass and, of course, used it as a paperweight in the White House. And if you are interested, you can view that at the Kennedy Museum in Boston.
1: Yes, I've actually seen it in person. And it was actually Joseph P. is the one that had it made for his son and put uh, as a paperweight. And it is at the Museum of Boston. It's kind of surreal to see it in person after seeing it in photos for so long. And I also have a replica of it that I purchased from the library. I'm not sure if those are still available. But if they are, you should definitely get one because they are worth every penny. Get yourself
0: a it's, coconut and a sausage bowl. Get
1: yourself a replica and get yourself
0: a, a replica. Some Jimmy Dean.
1: I love it, Pryor. Thank you and so much for yeah, bringing this to us. Like, that's it. It's incredible.
0: There's a, and I, listen. There's a lot more. There's so much more. I mean, there was little tiny little things and all sorts of stuff. But I, I try to. You know, we pare it down. We're not sure. stiff history.
1: Sure, yeah. and we talked about though how we would revisit different, you know, side stories and different things out of this, but we wanted to lay it all out at once, you know, over this series. And it's just it's a huge moment, and it, it deserves that. So, thank you so much for joining me to bring it. Are you okay to answer some questions?
0: I am. I'm happy to answer some questions. I, all right. I can't promise that I'll know all. If, if it's an opinion question, that's great. I can't promise that I'll know all the answers. Therefore, in answer to your question.
1: Okay, Ryan, so it says, if PT-109 didn't happen, do you still think JFK would have won the presidency?
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, yes, being a hero is great and all, but JFK was, he lived a charmed life. Let's not mince hairs sure. here, right? I mean, let's not, he was already famous before, as the son of Joe Kennedy, before the war even started. So, like, it's not, PT-109 helped, but presidency, even congressional campaign, no, no. No, he the, Joe would Joe Kennedy. His dad would have found a found a way to, to get him uh, some other stardom. If he wasn't a war hero, he would have been an actor. You know, some, yeah, you know, I totally
1: agree. Yeah, I think I think the war hero aspect definitely helped, but. He still, like you said, not only did he live a charmed life, he also had the charm, and sure. he also have Joseph P. back no, no. in financially and every way. So, yeah, that's sort of
0: putting the cart before the horse. I think. I think that's that's mm-hmm. sort of being that's like that's looking at things high, with hindsight and not actually, you know, like yeah, no, for sure.
1: Yeah, I agree. All right, we're going to end there, and thank you so much again to Ryan for joining us and bringing. Thank us you so much for having awesome me. Series. It has been awesome, and you guys know you will hear from him again soon, so be on the lookout for that, and I will talk to you guys soon. Four more days four more nights, a rescue boat pulled in the sight. The BT-109 was gone, but Kennedy and his crew lived
0: on. Now, who could guess, or who could possibly know, that this same man named Kennedy... Would be the
1: leader of the nation, be the one to take command. The PT-109 was gone, the Kennedy lived to fly Hello everyone.